We're back. We're back. And we're tired. So tired. <laughs> Why? No, we do know why. Yeah. Oh. So we're back. Mm. How are you doing? You set up? Yeah, I'm good. Good? Yes. We're both tired. Yeah. Celine texted me. Oh, welcome to episode seven of... As... Woo. Woo. As... You. Once... Yes. With... Celine. And Jeremiah. Wow, that was really powerful. Thank you. <laughs> um, feeling good today, but feeling tired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're just like, I'm tired. I'm just tired. I don't know if it's work, taking time off, and then like going back to a really busy schedule, mm-hmm. or if it's the spring equinox, which is happening tomorrow. Right. And I, I want to talk about this. Yeah. Well, it's the end, you know, it's the transition of the season. So you're moving out of the cold darkness of winter and into spring. And spring is more of a like dynamic. Things are growing. Things are moving. Things are waking up. And I think the change from the winter to the spring equinox is always tough. Plus, there's also daylight savings. Yeah. So the energy that surrounds spring is... It's a little bit more, like, turbulent, I think, usually. It's, Interesting. Yeah. Because things are, like, happening. They're, like, blossoming. Popping. They're coming up. And, like, it's windier. It's, like, um, hmm. it's a more livery time as Chinese medicine. Mm. Livery. Liver is the springtime. So it's a transition. It's moving. It's, like, can be very frustrating. And, like, I think that energy in conjunction with Mercury being in a retrograde and it's the beginning of Aries season. So, and Aries is like intense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we all know about that. <laughs> so I think all that's making us tired. Right? That's a really interesting. Doesn't that resonate with you? Yeah. It's a funny mix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is like all the things are starting to shake up. and It's like dusting off, you know, like shaking your bones awake. Right. And we live in New York, so Ugh. there's actual seasons as opposed to... I know. That's actually true. Los Angeles, which is where <laughs> I was last week. Oh, my god! But it was really cold. Did you, eat so ma- did you drink so many smoothies? No, I did not eat well <laughs> at all. That's surprising. Yeah, I did not eat well. Um, yeah, both of us were on little... Little sojourns. We were on, like, little vacations. Yeah, I was in Miami. Delightful weather. Not as I wanted to get a slight sunburn. It didn't happen. Same with me. Really? I like kind of didn't wear sunscreen as much as I should have. Because I was like, roll the dice. Yeah. Well, I was like, (laughs) bring the sun. Just freaking injected into my heart. Nothing happened to me. Yeah. Same thing. We we flew. We went to L.A. and then we stayed with some friends. Uh, We got a house in Palm Springs for a couple days. My gosh. I saw I saw pics of that. Yeah, which was it amazing. Really cool. But Palm Springs was like usually seasonally it's like eighty to ninety degrees, and it was like in the seventies. Really? Yeah, which I'm not complaining. It was still no. beautiful, yeah. but it was like 
it was surprising. And L.A. was, like, cloudy and rainy. I mean, if anyone's listening from L.A., like, this, the winter of 2019 has been... Rain, right? Weird. Yeah. They've had so much rain, I think. So, you know, the earth is fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah, so coming back... We both talked about how we didn't feel as restored as we had hoped and anticipated. Yeah, I had a great time. I love Same. I love my friends out there. If any of you are listening, I love you guys. Um, but it wasn't restorative. Mm-hmm. And I think Melissa and I need that. Yeah, I think that maybe the idea is to go to a cabin in the woods. Like alone. Like I think being alone. around people. Yeah. Isn't really the restorative move it's anymore. So interesting. I know, but Bec- I think that's true, though. No, right? I think you're right. And it was so funny because you had you had said, you know, when when you were before you went to Miami, you were like envisioning that you're going to have a lot of alone time. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It didn't. Not in a way that was bad. Right. It just wasn't. I don't know. I think maybe you and I are both in places where to restore really means to regroup and like be silent to kind of re-energize. And maybe that happens in your 30s, mid 30s or something. Because when you're younger, I don't know. Yeah. How did you feel when you were younger? Because I can talk about my experience, but I'm curious about your experience. I mean, I've always been kind of a lone little restore person. Would you say you're more of an introvert than an extrovert? No. I don't think, I think I'm kind of both in the right setting, Mm -hmm. but I do think that probably since working, doing acupuncture, working with people the last like five years, when I need to like unplug, that has to happen alone for me. Yeah. I don't get rejuvenated. So I don't know when we all went away that some last summer Mm -hmm. to that house. Mm -hmm. So I guess I did spend a lot of time alone. (laughs) Well, it's a good balance. So, yeah. so, so Celine and I went upstate um, with a few friends uh, for. It's a very New York thing to do. Yeah, you get the posh. Airbnb very for the chic. weekend, and um, well, no. What's funny is it's actually this is the irony of vacation living in New York. It's cheaper to do that. usually to literally buy a plane ticket, go somewhere else, than to live in New York. From my experience. Well, probably, yeah. It's kind of nutty. I know. New York is like, New York is not like the rest of the world. No. So. Some places. Yeah, I guess. Um, I feel like you kind of were more of a restorer around friends. I can see that, or I might be wrong. I used to be much more on the extroverted uh, or, or, or uh, yeah, I won't, I won't even say extroverted. It's just I used to get uh, juiced up more from being around people. Yeah. And I was like, I loved, like, talking. about. I still do. And, yeah. And it's almost like the, so. this podcast is, like, the perfect mix where I get to, like, talk, but it's, like, just with you and it's, like, quiet. <laughs> I don't have to deal with anyone else. Yeah. It's, like, the perfect mix for me. Like, I'm juicing myself up, but it's, like, just it's me just, and Celine. Yeah, and, like, just Celine's just room. fucking chill. <laughs> And it's it's one of those things where as I started to, um, you know, I mentioned it again and again, but um, 
when I started to meditate, um, and even before that, when I started to just become more energetically sensitive, um, I started feeling other people's energy more intensely. Yeah. And, and being able to delineate between my energy and someone else's energy. And, you know, that, that's related to the courting stuff we were talking about and the aura stuff. And, um, so when that happened and like, even if, pretty recently it was really hard because I think I'd mentioned this in the first or second episodes where when I started meditating and you become sensitive when you're living in New York mm-hmm. it's like you know like that's what you're getting from everywhere and you're like I need to ah, you know <laughs> yeah um, so it's 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 a powerful thing to become more sensitive but it, you also have to manage that and um, I think some people are less aware of how they vibrate to other people. Yeah, I think a lot of people. Yeah, uh, myself included. I yeah. mean, yeah. Though I know when I'm in a bad mood, I'm like a little monster baby to be around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not good at. I've never been good at uh, faking it when I'm really like annoyed. Yeah. Yeah. I can fake it pretty well on other things, but, but yeah, it's an interesting thing. Yeah. I don't think I definitely, if I'm not in a great space, I'm not like, yes, let's all go hang out. Cause I'm just going to be like a Debbie Downer. Yeah. Um, oh, you're so good with boundaries. <gasps> <laughs> well, <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. I'm good at saying no to stuff. Like, I don't care. I think that's boundaries. Like, I don't really have a good... I'm not, like, super FOMO. Yeah. Some Only a couple times. I, I'm a Libra rising, so I just accommodate people all the time to the detriment of my own well-being. <laughs> <laughs> but it's taken me my whole lifetime to start. I mean, I'm not that extreme, but there are a lot of times where I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. And then, like, afterwards, I'm just, like, this empty shell. <laughs> oh, God. Um, or I'm, like, living other people's lives, you know? Like, I'm helping other people and not helping myself. Yeah. Well, I think that it's tough to set that boundary when you are someone who is empathetic and you want to help people. And learning that it's a really fine balance of being there and supportive and giving them what they need. But then also taking a step back and saying, hold on a second. Is this actually nourishing for me too, or am I just giving? Mm-hmm. And that balance, I think I've, I think you kind of learn that throughout your whole life. Mm-hmm. Totally. So, it is something that I'm really, I'm really focused on this year for that one. What? To just disconnect from people that I've maybe historically given a lot to. Yep. Because I'm super loyal. Yep. Um, but then realizing, hmm, maybe that's not actually a really beneficial relationship because I'm just giving. Yep. Right? I totally feel that. My God, talking about that made my palms sweat. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Because I feel like it's hard for me to do that because I just, I care so much about people and my friends and how they're doing. But oh I'm God. like, at the same time. Like in my head. I know. But I just, you know, like I have some relationships that I've really tried to get away from the last couple of months because they're just not, it doesn't benefit me. Not in a selfish way, but just in a way of like, you know, I'm kind of just taking care of you. 
And I, you know, oh, it man. just feels, it feels, it feels sticky. It feels sticky. Because in a way, it's an abandonment. And that's tough for me. Right? Do you have that? It's tough for you to, like, quote, abandon other people. Even yeah. Even though you're really not. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's definitely hard for me. Um, I, the whole time you were talking, I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I, um, well, that's one of the reasons why I feel like we're doing this podcast, at least for me, mm-hmm. is I have a huge group of friends. You do. This is true. And I really, I love all of them so much. Um, and everyone has their own vibe, you know? And some people are more takers. Some people are more givers. Sometimes it's more mutual. mutual sometimes it's left mutual. I think for me, it's been trying to figure out, like, where I'm at and kind of why I wanted to talk about boundaries and um, this is all related to yin and yang and like masculine feminine energy and all this stuff where um, there's like the receptivity and then also the giving and um, uh, but did you lose it? I lost it. See, I'm tired today. (laughs) (laughs) No. So, so I think it's been, it's been a challenge because um, on the one hand, I know that I need to take care of myself. Sure. And the only way, um, a huge lesson for me was the only way I could actually, I'm a giver. It's another thing with Libra Risings, Libra Rising signs is we, we love giving. We love giving ourselves. Yeah. And a huge lesson that I have learned and I'm probably going to learn for the rest of my life just more and more deeply is um, the only true way to give is to receive. Like, you can't give and just become a shell of a human. Right. To really honestly give, you have to be filled up. Otherwise, you're just giving, like, an empty shell of yourself. And I've I've felt over the last few years, like, this emptiness happen where it's like, I'm just like, I can't give anymore. I need to fill myself up. See, I think, like, that's what I'm learning how to initially start the giving and the taking of the relationship. So, like, I think if you set, a, a like, a parameter and a dynamic between you and the other person of, like, hey, I'm going to give and I'm going to help you, but then you also have to be, like, vocal about what you need. And that's what I'm learning how to do. To be vocal about what you need. To communicate, like... Not just ask, like, oh, how's X, Y, Z going? Like, what do you need? Da, da, da. Like, then to be like, you know what? I have been doing this. I need some help here. I need this. And so, like, creating a two-way street. Yep. And I kind of feel like that's the way to, I don't know. That seems like that's the way you can give and then receive. Because it makes the other person be, like, also accountable and aware of you and their life. Because I sometimes think people are just, they don't really care. Or I don't know. I know exactly what what you're talking about. I don't know how to explain that. No, 100%. For me, this is totally related to money. Like a billion percent. Um, I totally know what you're saying. Uh, I'm just like rendered speechless. Really? Yeah. I don't even know where to go. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I feel like that's what has been happening with my boundaries. Not not that I don't have any. I think I have good boundaries. But I think when it comes to an emotional um, 
spiritual connection with someone, I sometimes don't make my space and my presence like felt in their life in a way that I communicate well enough. Is that true? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's a huge thing, particularly for women to yeah. say like, I need this. Right. I'm right. done fucking giving. Right. You know? Like, I know. This could also just be me being right. A, ta- a caregiver. Yeah, totally. And like when I was doing, you know, the, that money course with Tosha, um, you know, it's usually, she actually came to the city. I'll do a little side note. She came to the city a few years ago and, uh, my mom and I went to see her. She gave a class. The room it was all women, all women. <laughs> I was the only guy. And so like, even in this class, she's like, probably most of you are women. And it's like, you're trained to give. You're yeah. not trained to receive. And it's so important to receive. All of this is right. going back to this concept of the patriarchy is dead. Right. Femininity is taking over. We need to receive. Take care of yourself. Say what the fuck you need. Because that is the only way you're actually going to be able to give. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah. I'm, I'm talking to myself now because I have to do the exact same thing. And I think another big part of this is the two-way street mm-hmm. in Western culture, I think it's so capitalistic and transactional. It's like, I give you, you give me, right? Like, right. you're almost like keeping tallies. Like, oh, I I did this favor and I did this favor. Yeah. And, like, they're not giving the favors back to me. And I think a, a more... You know, and, and that's one way of relating, but I think it's limited in a lot of ways. And a more kind of deep, emotional, spiritual, and most importantly, loving way is just think about love. Yeah. Like a loving relationship, it's not transactional, you know? Um, no. It, not, it, it, I mean, yes, you're giving sometimes, energy sometimes. back and forth, yeah. but it's not like... And some people do this, where it's like, I wash the dishes, you do the blah, blah, blah. But it, it comes from an understanding of, like, we're both going to do our part. Right. And that's that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, I think the trans- transactional nature of a relationship has its space and its time and its, like, appropriate place. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in more of the one-on-one, like, friends, family you know, relationships. Like I, I think that the trans, the Nate, that nature doesn't really have a place there or not anymore. The transactional kind of, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it really works. Yeah. Cause then one person kind of feels like crummy. Yeah. Or empty. Totally. And I think as you become more woo, you become very aware of that. Yeah. Whether you're like the one who's taking too much or giving too much. Well, the worst is when you're like super woo woo and then you know you're doing it and you keep doing it. Wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Being aware of a cycle of how you're being, but you're like, man, I'm, I just keep doing this. Have you never had this app? No, I guess maybe. Yeah, no, of course I have. Yeah. But in what way? In how so? In more of like a giving, 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 giving. And like yes. the other person's just like, thanks. Oh, yeah. And you're like, but. Yeah. What? But you don't. I didn't set up that interaction. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tied to worthiness. It's tied to Ugh, like your worthiness. Own- I would like I wish when we were little 
we would have always throughout our entire childhood a class or like someone would come in and just like yell you're super worthy the whole time and it would just fix so much of our issues i think imagine like everyone is worthy like a little worthy. everyone is worthy everyone is worthy comforting man or woman we're doing it yeah you're worthy yeah Everybody's worthy. You're worthy. If you're listening to this, even if you're not listening to this, if you're on this planet, you're worthy. Yeah. That's why you're here. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. I just got the chills, actually. Really? Yeah. That's because we're so tired. (laughs) (laughs) I'm also, like, I think for a while, you know, again, for me, at least, it's, like, learning that I'm worthy. And it's, 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 it's. It's coming out in deep ways of, like, really asking for help in, in ways that are not comfortable for me. Yeah. And um, it takes a lot of strength, I'm realizing, to be that vulnerable. Um, yeah. Being vulnerable is incredibly terrifying. Yeah. Do uh, you know Brene Brown? No. Ooh. Brene or Brene? Brene. 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 That's a cool name. Oh, you got to... Okay. Brene Brown? So, so anyone who has... Celine, you call yourself woo-woo. Oh, my God, Palouse. tell me. <laughs> no, Who's she's, Brene? So she's, um, I'm sure a lot of people listening right now are like, how does Celine do that? Really? <laughs> yeah, she's huge. So Brene Brown is a psychologist. She did a massive TED Talk. Um, I don't even know. Maybe in like 2012. It was a few years Get ago. Get out of here. And she just like exploded because the whole TED Talk was about um, she was doing a whole research um, experiment about shame. Um, and I don't know the details of the, the study, this. but she basically realized, like, we have an epidemic of people who um, don't know how to be uh, don't know how to feel vulnerable. Oh, well. And that vulnerability is in our society seen as, you know, weak. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, you can't ask other people for help and all this shit. And um, it's, just, it's tied to worthiness. It's tied to, like, I'm all these things. I'm going to listen to that later. Yeah. Uh, for anyone listening, like, and you don't know who Brene Brown is. Okay, um, that's a little shameful. I was about to say that was really <laughs> shamey. I'm sorry. I came off here. How do I'm I tired. not know who that is? Um, Brene Brown. Brene. B-R-E-N-E. Brown. B-R-O-W-N. Um, hmm. Sorry, I, I didn't like mean older? to shame. she like older? No, I'm kidding. It's fine. I'm not like. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, like, <it's> okay. <laughs> I love everyone. I'm just human. It's fine. We're losing our minds. <laughs> Spring's coming. Oh my! Spring is coming. I'm serious. It's a crazy time. So Google Brene Brown. Yeah. Ted. She's wonderful. She's written a bunch of books, um, and there's just there's just so much there. Uh, I think I'll say the one takeaway from, from her work, uh, that I really resonated with, um, was this idea of, um, being vulnerable. Um, what that does is it opens you. And so, you know, with a lot of, uh, people, we numb ourselves Mm-hmm. And we try to kind of shut off certain aspects of our emotional spectrum in order to, like, get through the day. 
But the thing is, is, and this is the key, is you can't selectively numb things. You can't be like, I'm going to be numb in this area, but like, I want to be happy. It's like you need to be sad in order to be happy. You need to be vulnerable right. in order to it's receive. It's like the yin and the yang. hundred percent. Yeah. That dynamic. Yeah. Well, I think we're all really good at compartmentalizing. Some better than others. But, you know, I think a lot of it is because we haven't, we don't know how to do stuff. For example, I was watching the new season of Queer Eye. Mm. Oh, what a yes, joy. Yes, yes. What I'm a so joy. glad you're talking about this. Yeah. Everyone watch Queer Eye. Queer Eye. Oh, God. Everyone, it's everyone, so everyone. good. And not ruining anything, but, you know, one of the later episodes, which was, like, so fantastic, is a dad, um, and he, like, has two young kids, and he's lost the mom. She died a couple of years ago. I she haven't had cancer. seen this one yet. We haven't seen this one. I'm not, it's, that you know, it's, it's okay. fine. Yeah, it's yeah. not like a, you're not like, what? Don't ruin it. But they make this, his life better? <laughs> he made his life better. But there's one part where Jonathan Van Ness is talking oh, with him. He's and a fucking unicorn. He's so great. And, you know, talking about grief and how we all kind of want, you know, to put it in a box, wrap it up and put it on a table and say, okay, that's where that goes. Right? Like, but the thing with like, especially grief and losing people, it's like, there's no book there's nothing like here's how you manage that and I think with like a lot of our complex emotions like grief shame trauma you know whatever it is as a society we've just devalued those feelings to make it so when you have that it's like well I don't know you figure that out it doesn't matter we care more about attaining things and um money and you know like visual like pleasures versus the stuff that really makes us tick. so And feel. And feel. And so it's like, it's just so nice to have this like show that is all about feeling. And like, it's like gay men helping straight men, queer women, you know, gay, like whatever. And everybody's just like, ugh, it brings me so much joy. I love the show. So much joy. It's just, it's in like, and like a lot of people like it. Oh my God, Melissa and I love it. Literally last night we were, uh, we just finished the fifth episode. Which one is that? <clears throat> um, the young black queer woman. Oh my God, Black Girl Lesbian. Magic. Black Girl Magic, that's, yeah. Yep, that's what the episode's called. And oh God, what a cry <laughs> fest. I, I mean, all of them. I know. And we, like at the end of it, uh, Melissa and I are like trying to like save them. <laughs> so we were like looking like how many more are left? And we we're like, there are only three more left. Like they need to make one every week because it's You can re even re I've rewatched some of them. And yeah. it, they still are really powerful. That's a good call. Cause <laughs> I mean just start back at <laughs> season one. Cause it's really it's just it's something that I just don't think we have as an outlet. We've compartmentalized our feelings. And now it's like valuing them. And I'm like, fuck, yes. It is. It's it's kind of like what I always thought, like, of Mr. Rogers, where we, we had talked about this um, maybe an episode or two ago where I was saying how, like, I see a lot of stuff and I can literally like a lot of a lot of news, just a lot of things out there. That's like I look at it and it's poison mm -hmm. to me, to yeah. me, at least maybe not for other people. Right. And like Queer Eye is the complete opposite. Oh, no. It's like fills me up. Makes my heart just like sing. I I'm just know. like humanity is amazing. These yeah. men are 
beautiful, like beyond like all conception. And they're all so different. and So it's different. Just, but it's like all these people have a commonality of, I think everyone just doesn't, isn't, doesn't feel worthy or love. Two things. I think you go through all of those episodes. Or just, well, I guess the dad and the, the grief, but... But that's also not valuing him. You know, like, he had to take care of these two little kids. Oh, God, that episode is going to wreck you, dude. Uh, I, I shed tears all the time. Same. The whole the whole way through. It's funny, because as we were talking about this, the whole time I was like, queer eye, queer eye. I mean, this is what... Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because just like you were saying, it's like, they're literally, you know... Beyond all of the external stuff, which is incredibly important, but the yeah. external reflects the internal, as above, so below. And what they're really doing is they're shifting on the inside, these, the, the, the people in such an amazing, beautiful, loving way, where they're saying, you are so worthy. You are so, so, so worthy. You are so beautiful. And they're all so different. I know. And it just makes me so, ah, I just, like, explode with happiness yeah. watching that show. I love all of them. I don't even like really have a favorite. No, they're amazing, and, and they're, I love some of their how stories. Karamo are always wears like jackets. Just they all look so good. But he like they're in like <laughs> they're very good looking men. <laughs> they are really good looking, but he's always. Do you wearing, have a favorite? Like, a, are we gonna go there? <laughs> well, I kind of like don't think I have a favorite. Mm. Because I think they all serve such a wonderful purpose to. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, They're maybe... They're all such unicorns. They really are. No, nah, we don't have to pick favorites. I don't know. That's I very mean, patriarchal of me, isn't it? Well, no. If there's one that you resonate with more all the time, Jonathan. No, there's little things that... There are little things in each episode... Yeah, that's that what I really, think. Like, I think, I think so. the one the one guy who I had a little bit more... Because he's British, is Tan. Tan. He's a little bit like... Um, he's like the opposite. You know, Jonathan's just like, what? Yeah. And, like, Tan's, like, more reserved because he's British. Yeah. But the thing that I really, oh, that I just absolutely loved um, with him, and I love the show uh, because of this precise reason, is there was an episode in season two where um, they, I think it was a transgendered. Yeah. Oh, I know what you're going to say. Yeah. Um, woman who yeah. wanted, well, a woman who wanted to transition to a man. Yep. And he, and for anyone who hasn't seen the, you have to see the show. It's so good. And they show sh- a surgery footage of this woman who uh, gets a mis- uh, mastectomy. She gets a double mastectomy. Yeah, double mastectomy. And like, she's still, she's waking up from the surgery, still in like a fog of like, God knows what kind of drugs they're pumping into you. And she looks down and she sees they're no longer there. And like this expression of joy and relief and like happiness crosses her face. And like Tan says, like literally at that moment, you know, he's, he's a gay, he's a, a, a gay dude. And so, you know, th- there's a lot, a lot of people just kind of lump like, oh, you're gay, you're lesbian, you're queer, you're trans, you're, yeah. you're, you're any of those things, LGBTQ, you're, you're all in like this one category. And it's like, well, no, every person's different. And even within that group, People look at other people differently. And Tan always, you know, this is from him, would say how, like, he kind of didn't understand. Yeah, that's what, yeah, he didn't, he wasn't educated. He didn't understand what it meant, and he never knew anybody, and 
So watching him go through that journey on that episode. Seeing him open in that show and they like show it and his openness and vulnerability. Vulnerability. These men are so beautiful because they're so vulnerable. I hope that nothing bad happens about them. Oh, please don't even. I'm sorry. I just wanted to say. They've already blessed the world and they're going to continue to bless the world. We just send them. Let's take one minute. Not even a minute. Just two seconds and just send them so much love and appreciation. Yep. Just like shining light from my heart on all five of those guys. So amazing. And Netflix. Good job. And Netflix. <laughs> and Dave Collins, the creator. We I love the original, too. Oh, my God, yeah. But I feel like particularly now in this era, like that show is literally the perfect example of the remedies that this culture needs to heal. Yeah. Well, they're bringing in, it's interesting because they're just bringing in like more divine feminine energy, kind of from a masculine. But they're men. I know. It's so cool. Yeah. It's pretty neat. It's pretty neat. Yeah. I know. Wonderful. They're like wonderful illustrations of yin and yang. Yeah. I love Jonathan. His heels. Oh my God. His, oh God. They're so good. They're so good. And his Instagram is really, really positive. Yeah. He's always dancing. Like, in one of our episodes, he, you know, he, he dances every morning with his coffee. There you go. To set the tone. He has got the good, playful energy. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to see. It is nice to see. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, queer eye. Well, do we want to talk about the spring equinox? Well, um, I mean, we did. We kind of did. So, I mean, also, mm-hmm. I'll say though that there is a full moon happening on the same day. Right. So today is the Tuesday. It's the annoying thing. People are going to hear this, and it's going to be passed. But oh, that's true. Well, it's March nineteenth. Right. So on the twentieth is the equinox. So the beginning of spring happens to fall on the full moon, and so full moons are all about completions and you know depending on if you follow the cycles of the moon new moons are really where you set the intentions and create the space for them to come in and then full moons are the manifestation of your kind of intentions and how they've like created and come about in your in your world so it's a time to be grateful and appreciative and kind of invite and thank whatever you kind of wanted to come in and let go. It's also a really good time to cleanse crystals, which is super easy. You can either put them on your windowsill and let the moon cleanse, or you can actually leave them outside. Um, Or you can put them in sea salt, no water, just the salt, and submerge them, and that cleanses them too. So, equinox. Cool. Yeah. That's helpful information. Yeah, if this was pagan times, we'd, like, have a festival and, like, light fires. Every full moon. Especially the equinox, the spring right. equinox. Right, yes, of course. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, as as someone who's Jewish, the, the Jewish calendar is actually a lunar calendar. Oh, really? So tomorrow night's also Purim. Is that Halloween? <laughs> <laughs> right? Is that horrible? Does that sound so no, ignorant? It's no, not at all. But isn't that it. what kind yes, of it is, you, you right? You dress up in costumes. 
Here's here's so a plus. Here's a plus for it? wait. Hold on. Okay. Here's a plus for Judaism. I love this. Judaism is quite a joyful religion, but they literally um, it's in the Talmud. I, um, I believe. Dad, don't hate me if I get this wrong. Uh, but uh, there's there's somewhere in um, the Jewish text where it says something along the lines of like it's a mitzvah, like a commandment, a good deed, to get so drunk on Purim that you can't tell the difference between right and wrong. Oh my god. <laughs> Really? So it's all about just like I mean, it, it's just like. But why do you dress up like Halloween? Because you just you're like, or do you not know the answer to that? Um, that is a great question. Okay, I can figure that out. Uh, I think that's more of just a tradition. Are you gonna? Are you are you doing anything? Well, so the 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 real kind of like religious aspect is you listen to something called the Megillah, which is um. The the. The Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, is actually three, uh, three sections. You have the five books of Moses. Mm-hmm. Then you have uh, a section called the Ketuvim, which are like the writings, and that's um, like additional uh, prop, uh, writings of certain things. I'm pretty sure the Megillah falls under the Ketuvim. I would have to look that up again. And then you have Nevi'im. This, this is Hebrew, by the way. Nevi'im, which is uh, prophets. So that's like me, Jeremiah, and Daniel, and Isaiah, and like all those guys. So all three of those like big uh, texts form the canon of the Old Testament of the. And so like, like very religious people will just sit and read them tomorrow. Yeah. So what you do is you go to your local synagogue, your shul, (laughs) your temple, if you're more on the reform side of things, and they just read it. uh, Yeah, someone will will recite the Megillah. You, You may have people certain you may there are chapters i think there's like 10 or 12 chapters so another person may come up each chapter and and recite it and the fun part is it's a really great holiday for kids yeah the fun part is um so the story i'll give you a story of of, why not perm is it's it's all spring it's all like works together um Basically, very a very, very short version of it is, like a lot of Jewish holidays, the Jews were persecuted, they got saved. So <laughs> they were persecuted by this guy, Haman, Haman. And so while you're reading the Megillah, uh, anytime Haman's name is pronounced, you yell and you boo and you use, this, you use oh a noisemaker called a grogger. Stop. And it's like... Oh, that's not the right sound at all. It's like I know it's the like thing clink, you're talking about. Yeah, it's like a, cl- a a clicky sound, and yeah, and you eat um, hamantaschen, the triangle triangle cookies with the little like fla- uh, fruit flavoring in the middle, like okay. fruit filling, okay. and that represents Haman's hat because Haman wore a triangle hat. Oh, but he's not a good dude. He's not a good dude. Okay. I don't I I don't know why we eat his hat. His hat. Maybe it's like offensive or something in some way. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, I may I may um, listen to the Megillah. Uh, I'm sure my sister Jessica will be listening. Um, it'd be nice to go with her. But Melissa's also giving a talk, a design talk. Oh, so wow. I may do that too. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe I'm, both. I'll eat a hamantaschen. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> I'll light a fire. But yeah, so the so you know just looping back around like the. The Jews follow a lunar lunar calendar. Yeah. Well, tom- so tomorrow's the twenty the twentieth is a big one. I also think it's the last super moon, 
Which there's been like 15 supermoons, I think, this year. The last one for the year. I think so. I'm pretty sure. Wow. I think it's, and it's also an Aries. So. So Aries starts on the 20th. Yeah, so it's gotcha. Aries season. So we're getting right. out of Pisces, which is like this like. Super emotional. Emotional, watery. mystic, murky, creative, into Aries, which is like dynamic, fire. Pew. Boom. Yeah. So maybe that's also the fatigue. Yeah, I so could see that. you would think that. it's the opposite. Well, think. the feeling is like feeling kind of like watery and yeah, just like it could be exhausting. Yeah. Okay, so before we go, it's funny because um, I'm gonna edit all that out. I know. I know. <laughs> So before we go, um, I think we wanted to talk about one more thing. Um, but it's funny because, you know, when Selena and I talk about our episodes, we're always like, okay, we'll talk about this this episode. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, uh, we'll talk about boundaries the next episode. But it just came no, up. We just did it. It was just like. It was natural. It was the, a flow. The flow. It was just like, nope, you're talking about boundaries now. Yeah. Um, so the last thing I want to talk about, and I think, I mean, again, all this stuff is so interrelated, but something that's like been really tough to process because I'm I'm vulnerable and I think a lot of people are having a hard time feeling vulnerable to this and maybe for some people they're going to be like this is silly but for me as a big deal is uh, leaving Neverland yeah yeah I I haven't watched it but I've talked to many people about it yeah I get the gist the brutal gist of that yeah so Melissa and I Watched it last weekend, uh, or last week, and we kind of just, like, did it back-to-back and just, like, ripped the band-aid off. I was like, I need to watch this and, like, just do yeah. it. And I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan. I know you are. I know. Um, I was born in 1983. Thriller came out in 82. I literally have home movies of me before I can speak in my diapers dancing to Thriller. I also had family dance parties to Thriller. Yeah, everyone did. I know. Everyone did. Yeah. Um, I highly recommend uh, if you have watched it and um, you're you're probably processing it. Um, the the New York Times podcast, The Daily, has a wonderful um, episode on it, and also they Oprah. feature. Well, oh, there's the Oprah interview too. Oprah does it too. Sorry, keep going. Yeah. Did, oh, did she do a podcast episode? She did like an hour. Yes. Debrief about it. Or yes. Something. We watched that as well. Oh, you did. You watched all. Oh my god, you watched everything. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So the the Times has a great thing, and then they actually have two great things. They have the Daily, but they also have um, their pop culture podcast with the same person who's on the Daily. He goes into more depth with his partner, and that podcast is called Still Processing, that's and that's like name. literally forty forty minutes to an hour of just. Um, Michael and yeah, it's re- that name is really apropos because know, what a good name! Holy shit! After watching this, I was like, it's incredibly well done. Yeah, well, the, the guy took a long, long time. The director didn't he take? I've read a bunch of articles about this. Yeah, he like researched and worked on this for like many, many years, right? Um, I think I don't know. I think that's what one internet website article told me about it. Okay, yeah. I interviewed him. 
So as a fan, I was like, you know, I went into this like, this can't be true. It's, you know, I, I was I was like towing the line like it's about money, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Like they're just trying to make money. They're trying to whatever. And like pretty soon after I started watching it, I was like, you do not fucking make this shit up. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen it, but from what I've read about it and I just, you know, I know a lot of times when people come out and are like, you know, I was abused, I was sexually assaulted and, you know, there's always that like, well, you're just doing it to get the money. But, you know, as a woman and seeing a lot of times how women are treated when they come out and say, you know what, I was raped by this person and they like go to, to trial or whatever and it's never... They never win, right? Because mm-hmm. it's always some way to ignore it. So I'm always like, why would someone put their energy and trouble and story out there and know how hard it is all, like, to get um, vindication from it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't. So I'm, I'm not, sure yeah. I guess it happened. You know, I don't know. I don't know what to say about it, really, because it's so devastating. Yeah, right. I don't even want to get into specifics about it. It's like watch it if you want to watch it. But I think what I wanted to do was give my woo-woo spin on it. Okay, yeah. Do like that, give do that, our that. woo-woo spin on it. Sure. So for me, what what's so brilliant about this documentary is it presents you with Michael in all of or in a lot of his dimensions where – and even the two men who are interviewed, they say, like, I loved him. Yeah. And he was amazing. I mean, don't even, as a man, like, the right. talent. As an artist. He was an alien. He was fucking the best of the best of the best. Right. I don't know if anyone will ever even come close. But as a human, he was super generous, super loving, you know, a, an amazing individual who was very caring and like took care of a lot of people and took care of, you know, the these men and their families. However, yeah, the however. There was another side of him. And right. that was the side behind closed doors, and that was the side, the shadow side that didn't come out until now, uh in in a more kind of impactful way cuz this shit isn't new. No. And um the brilliance of the documentary is that it, it makes you sit with truth and truth is not white or black. <laughs> not like his song, black or white. <laughs> and okay, I'm going to do a few woo woo things, but this is the first one. Okay. Now, as far as I know, according to this documentary, um, it's James Safechuck and Wade Robson. Uh, those are the two men. I think James Safechuck was, the unfortunately the first um, victim, and that as far as I know, who knows? Maybe shit happened before, but this happened. It started happening uh, during Michael Jackson's Bad Tour. Okay, so like the mid eighties. Uh, yeah, yeah, mid mid lateish eighties. I think it was like eighty seven. Okay. What's the title of the album? Bad. What's the title of his next album? I don't know. Dangerous. Oh. Listen to the lyrics of Bad. 
I'm bad, I'm bad, you know it. He's literally telling you. Yeah. He's literally confessing. To, to being. Even though he, you don't process it until now. Huh. So it's like for me, this is like going back to the stuff we were talking about where like you'll have a dream or you'll write something free thought. And at the time, it won't make sense. Right. Or it'll make sense on one level. Right. Give yourself some time because unfortunately we're living in time or maybe fortunately. God knows. Yeah. You're going to see some different shit. You're going to look at it very differently. Yeah, I mean, I hear you. I hear you. I see what you're saying. I. And is is there's another album called Invincible? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think this also could tie back into, I think the last episode we talked about, um, being kind of a conscious participant in your life, circumstances. Yep. You know, attracting I was thinking about that all the time. This as an experience, like, and I think this is also one of those times where it's like, are you kidding, Celine? Like this young boy, like on some cosmic level, agreed to this for you know the growth of his soul. That's a very hard pill to swallow, and mm-hmm. even for me to say that out loud, it's crazy. It's hard. Um, and I think that's the challenging element of kind of being more woo-woo, right? Like, yeah. because there isn't a strict boundary if, like, right and wrong, black and white, right? Like, you have your dark and you have your light. So, I think the whole thing with Michael Jackson is completely fucked up, and he was an abuser, and he was enabled. Yep. And it's hard to call him a good person, right? Like, yep. You know? Yep. Right? That's hard. Yeah. Um... But what do we really know? What do we know about that soul and that agreement and what that means? And I mean, he did name his kid Blanket, so that's kind of a red flag, too. (laughs) But, you know, I think this whole thing is really hard. It's hard with abuse. It's hard with rape. It's hard with, you know, being shot or getting a terminal illness and... Also, being a survivor of abuser, like your parent, like you know, his kids now are like trying, like have to defend him. But yeah. like, I, you know, how do you rectify that? Right, it's incredibly hard. Yeah, and like, do you have to stop? You know, there's all the stuff like stop listening to his music. Right, and I feel like uh, you just you said it so well. It's like he is uh, an example par excellence of exactly this. Yeah. Where it's like, can you... Pretty pretty next level, though. Can you go beyond right and wrong? And can you look at this? How can you... How do you digest this? How right. do you how process, do you process this? this in a way that makes you feel okay about it? Yeah. And respect, you know, the process of everybody who, like, suffered from his actions. I'm yeah. sure there's more than just these two guys. I, yeah. There's probably a lot. I'm pretty sure, you know. too. Um, yeah, I mean, the last thing I'll say about it is there's another documentary, which I um, watched called In Plain Sight. Can I stop you for one second? Well, it's about abuser. It's the same thing. Okay, go for it. It's the same thing about a family friend who 
kind of grooms and gets involved with all of the family, has an affair with the mom and the dad, and then, like, oh basically abducts in plain sight their daughter, who's, like, 12 at the time, and then convinces her that they're, like, on an alien mission, and she has to, like, procreate with him to save the mission. Oh, my God. Or, like, her family will die. Um, and so... It's a really interesting way, like, of grooming and pr- how how you just trust people, you know? Like, you trust someone has good intentions and, yep. like, not the case. Like, there is dark and really shitty things happen. So, anyway, it's interesting that both of these things are coming out at the same time. I don't know. You know, like, all these ideas are coming up. All this bad is around. And then you have Queer Eye. So late yeah. in the dark. But what did you want to say before I interrupted? No, I was just going to say, well, two things. One, I think I think one of the reasons this is coming up is because it's Kali. Yeah. And it's particularly, you know, I'd mentioned Google 2006, America, Michael Luton, L-U-T-I-N. America is experiencing its Pluto return. And Michael Jackson is basically as American as apple pie. And yeah. he is infused into the absolute DNA of this culture. And so America is dealing, this is the reckoning. We are, we have to face what we've truly been idolizing, supporting, um, desiring, and realize it's not that simple. Yeah. And... Um, so for me, it's a very, it's a very, very clear example of Kali um, doing her work, and um, it's incredibly painful. But um, there's, like you said, light and dark. I think there's a lot of, uh, sounds weird, but beauty um, in in looking at these two men. Can you imagine the bravery of these two men? I'm actually getting emotional, like to have that kind of vulnerability to literally broadcast the most abusive, intimate experience of your life to just millions of people. I know, just to say it. It's, it's just, it's, this sounds weird, but I'm going to say phenomenal. It's like, it's, I can't put a word on it. It's so... Beyond, yeah, and I think it's a, a it's a very difficult and also very beautiful display of masculine like masculinity. Yeah, showing that like men can be strong by being vulnerable, and yeah. I feel like these two men are incredibly, incredibly strong. Yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully it will make someone, man or woman, who's gone through that in their life and see these two guys talking about it, feel strong enough to maybe say something, you know, to whomever to kind of get the help they need. You know, like I think that in times like this, when someone voices and says something vulnerable, like it might give some, you know random person who's struggling in like Idaho or somewhere really, you know, I don't know. And like see this and they're like, Oh my gosh, like they did this. Let me try to like 
I feel more confident to say what I need to say. Yeah. It's the Me Too movement. Yeah. I mean, Me Too. Yeah. You know, the Me Too movement is, uh, for some reason, a lot of it I'm a little, like, meh about. Oh. Well, not meh in, like, the stories aren't legitimate and, like, a lot, you know, all these, like, you know, assaults and rapes and whatever women. But I feel like the way that it's been presented in the media is a little just... I think I'm, like, jaded by it a little. Like, women going to the Oscars wearing black or whatever that was. Right. I'm sort of like, cool. That's nice. Yeah. I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like, it's, like, a lot of, like, frill for a movement that's actually based on action. Like, don't work with people. Don't dismantle the system. Right. Leave Hollywood. That's saying that's asking for a lot. <laughs> I know, but you're I know, right. yeah, but it's yeah, yeah. a lot. It's a lot of what they're, you know. But I think that's just the way the media is. A hundred percent. But also, again, I think that yeah, I think it's all. It's great. It's Kali, great. Kali, 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 Kali. She's I know, but I love. Fucking... It's like just I love destruction. To be honest, me right? too. I really love me too. Things burning down. I I do too, and I think a lot of people are. Oh man, I don't want to go there. Oh my god! <laughs> you always get so stressed out. This episode's been heavy. Um, no, it's, just, it's like uh, I'll say it: Donald Trump. Yeah, but you know, like it's um, burn it down. Yeah, it's a very up, like as below, as, as above, above, so, so below. below. And we're sick. This culture's sick. Yeah. And we're like puking. But like in a cool way. Yeah, the lights coming out. Yeah. Google Google an image of, uh, you know, if people don't know, um, Kali is the goddess of death and rebirth. Just Google. She's Google so cool. image I wanted Kali. to get a tattoo of her for a very long time. I'm going to get a bracelet Are you of really? skulls. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Because I feel like, and I feel like everyone, everyone in their own way is experiencing their Kali kind of rebirth. You know, if it's not like literally directed at you. Just the fucking Michael Jackson thing. Like, my foundation, I do... Yeah, a lot of people are like, oh my god. Like, a huge reason I'm doing what I'm doing, why I'm making music, is because of that man. Because of the music that he put out. And obviously all the fucking insane, amazing people, talented people who are around him. Like but Quincy like, Jones. Quincy Jones. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to meet Quincy Jones. Well. I met Greg Fillingaines, who's... Uh, who was Michael Jackson's musical director, and he, he's a piano player and wrote mm. um, some tracks too. And uh, last year in LA, and I just like fangirled. Not even. I was just like, I'm not a fangirl. I really am not. Oof. But I, I literally went to this panel he was on. I didn't even really care about the subject matter. I just was like, I need to meet this man and just like thank him personally. And I walked up to him, and I like, just shook his hand, and I was like, I can't even tell you like the work that you have done, how nurturing it's been for who mm-hmm. I am as an individual. And uh, it was a really amazing moment. It was a really amazing moment. And it's fucking difficult, man. It's really difficult to be to be a Michael fan and to, to know how awful he was. Yeah, well... Evil. Yeah. You know? Well, sometimes our idols are just kind of false idols. And it's also, so, 
here, here's the part that's also really difficult is like, and I'm not making an excuse at all, but like abusers tend to come from families that are abusive and he was abused. So was R. Kelly. And I'm not saying that, you know, that, you know, absolves them of the shit that they've done. But it's like this. These are systemic issues. Yeah. These are systemic issues in our yeah. society that need to be um, fixed. Well, yeah. Ugh, this this is so heavy. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen. There are garbage people in the world, and they are enabled by whatever people are around them. And I just think, unfortunately, most people in the media who I've, who are men and who I've thought are good actors or musicians, like, typically tend to have a lot of shit in their closet. Yeah, so so many people. I know it's like tough. And it is a systemic problem, but, like, I guess I'm just, like, not really shocked by this stuff anymore. Yeah. I think you're also... Look, I'm I'm a fucking white man. Yeah. So, as, like, a woman, I'm like, mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, we can definitely go deeper into that. Oh, so, sorry, what were you going to say? No, nothing. Oh. I wasn't going to say anything. I was, okay. like, the heavy stuff. It's heavy. Uh, well, we, yeah. we knew this was going to happen. It's fine. Yeah. One one uh, one thing I was gonna say, just to your point about like enabling people, and um, it's it, what I'm gonna say is very much easier said than done. But it, I think part of the enabling is also not valuing yourself, like not feeling worthy. You know, it, it's going back to this idea of boundaries, like knowing that you are worthy. Don't let other people step on you. Obviously, there's all sorts of there's so well, many factors involved. Yeah. Um, but that's a deep one. Yeah, but I feel like enabling is more of a selfish thing than a worthiness thing. Like, a lot of powerful men get allowed to be monsters because people don't care about what's happening on, like, the emotional, moral level. They yeah. want you to keep making money. Yes. So, yes. to me, that's what I mean by these enablers. Like, right. it's cool, whatever... Just Money's keep, coming in. Yeah, so just, make make the music, make yep, the movie, yep. produce whatever. Yep. <sighs> oh man. I know. I don't even know how to have a nice little grounding exercise at the end of this. I mean, I think we already said it. Um, let's do what? Let's do this. Let's just invite everyone to kind of like sit up. Okay. And. I know we just like said a lot. Um, hopefully, it was helpful for you. Uh, helped you like process some things. Made you think about some things. Maybe you can look up references that help you. But yeah, I would just take an opportunity to you know when shit gets hard, breathe. Yeah, it's kind of the fundamental. We're gonna breathe and we're gonna say I'm worthy. Okay. Okay. I am worthy. I am worthy. And just release all that bullshit. All the bullshit. Just yeah. release all that fucking bullshit. And as you breathe in, breathe in that worthiness because you are worthy. I am worthy. Yeah. 
and just see how you feel doing that and let us know. Email us. <laughs> email us. Should we give them our email? <laughs> <laughs> or just text DM us. us. DM us on Instagram. Yeah, tell us about it. As woo as you want. And uh, I'm going to personally sign off by saying you are worthy. Yeah. Or also, I'm just going to say, like, stop overthinking stuff and trust yourself more. You're on the right path. You're on the right path. Yeah. And you are so, so worthy. And we love you. And yes. watch Queer Eye. Yes. 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 So we'll end on that note. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.